Oh, hey, Sam. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, we really shouldn't do these types of episodes. Um, because there, there's no, there's no like, jovial way to start them. It always seems inappropriate. Mm, you got to be um, sad the whole episode. I mean, here's the at, thing. At least that's what it feels like. But at the same time, fuck that. That's... That's lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, we have a bunch of tweets to cover. Yep, cool. Yep, let's do that. So anything's better than this. The first round of tweets are from uh, at Goddamn Robots. Mm-hmm. Goddamn says, mid-episode tweet, I've just seen all seven Nightmare films for the first time. Freddy has died by <laughs> not believing, <laughs> fire and a kiss, burying his bones, his own reflection... His evil baby version being ripped out of him by his mother and, <laughs> and getting stabbed in the real world by his daughter. What the fuck? <laughs> I think this is in response to our monster to- tournament from last week. Um, when we were trying to establish how you actually kill Freddy. We'd, so we went solidly with uh, you have to drag him into the real world and then he you can just kill him which, like a normal dude. Which seems... Somewhat accurate, although apparently if Jason had taken off his hockey mask and give him, given him a big old smooch, that would have also got him. <laughs> I think by a kiss it was like true love's kiss or something bullshit. Like it, they it, were protected I was gonna say by it was. I think we, love. I think we did read that because Freddie, the power of love. He possessed someone, and the person that person loved kissed him, and that gave him enough time to take over his own mind and burn himself and Freddy to death. Here's the thing, though. They always come back. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Goddamn's next tweet is, the seventh film wasn't Freddy, as it was an evil who took the form of Freddy who died in a dream furnace. The film series really does live up to its name. Also, I should have put this at the start, but spoilers for every film. (laughs) Good, in good true video shop fashion. Spoil shit and then yell spoilers and then you're good. Well, Wes, I did know that though. Wes Craven's new Nightmare, which was the last one he made and the last one before the reboot, um, I've heard is very good, but it's uh, I haven't seen I've only seen the first Nightmare. Um, and it's about like an evil spirit or something that... It's set in like our real world. It stars Wes Craven as himself, all the actors from the original film as themselves, like reuniting to make another one or something. And an evil okay. possesses the idea of Freddy to come into our world. Like, it's a really interesting... Right, okay. That makes a little bit of sense with a character that, like... Um becomes more powerful the more you believe in him. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like that but you said in the real world. It's an interesting take on the character when, you know, you've just had six films about well, like we saw all the ways he died then. Um mm. next tweet from Goddamn is also my head cannon for who works at the video shop <laughs> is you oh, boo, is boo. is you both do. You That's just have boom. different shifts. So sometimes Cal is walking in to talk to Sam and other times it's Sam walking in to talk to Cal. It just depends on the topic as to who is working when. Well, see, now I want to know what topics you think I work at the shop and what topics you think Sam works at the shop. Like, does that actually dictate any of it? Or, mm. like, do you go, oh, this is a Pokemon episode, so so Cal's... Cal's, so Cal works at the shop. Cal's walk, or, walking at the yeah, or, or is it you walking in to force the discussion upon me? <laughs> you can't escape. <laughs> yeah, you're at work. You can't get away from this Pokemon clock, discussion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, oh, wonderful. We love a headcanon explanation here, and that's as that's as good as any. Sure. Love's a strong word, but that's good. <laughs> Cal, Cal, how many headcanon explanations have we given for everything on this podcast? Correct. They're super fun to make up. Uh, but if you have to make them up, it's a shit show. And I guess that <laughs> works perfectly for our show. Are you saying this is a shit show, Cal? Correct. This is an absolute shit show. Yeah. Uh, and the final tweet from Goddamn is Nightmare Before Christmas is a November movie. The start takes place at Ooh. Halloween and the end is at Christmas, but the majority of the middle is in November. But if it can Ooh. only be one or the other, it's a Christmas movie featuring people and creatures associated with Halloween. Thank you, Goddamn. I agree. Uh, 
Like if it's a fucking if it's a Thanksgiving movie, lol, <laughs> you can just you can just jam it. Um, There's not a single turkey in that film, probably. I don't know. I've never seen it, and I'm never going to see it. I think you see because you he goes into the, like this, he goes through this door in a tree that leads to like this forest where all the trees have doors on them that lead to the different holidays. No, holiday Sam, lands. You're talking about you're talking about that one Doctor Who episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which one Doctor Who episode? Where, where that happens. Not... <laughs> I'm sure that did happen, know. though. 100% that happened at some point. It sounds like the, the Narnia Christmas special thing, sort of. It does. Uh, yeah. Next tweet from Matt Riley is good. Mid-Ep tweets. I love the Saw movies. It's, um, it's Conjuring slash Insidious I see as generic. Good point about horror being a cheap way for a de- director to prove themselves find it interesting that Walter Hamada was in charge of the Conjuring universe and is now in charge of the DC universe. Didn't know that, but that's... Wait, what do you mean in charge of the DC universe? Um, well... I feel like that's a bold like claim. A Kevin Fig kind of role. But I don't know. Here's the thing. I actually um, really like the first Conjuring and I really like the first Insidious. Um... I think they're both really solid possession movies that are actually pretty spooky. However, they're, all their sequels are basically trash. So I totally understand uh, why you see them as generic, Riley, because after the first one, they really, really are. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, horror is a great way for a director to prove themselves. But it's also nice to see a director... Uh, a lot of directors will do the horror to prove themselves and then leave the genre because mm. horror isn't real art or whatever. Um, I really like directors that don't do that. You, you look at... Um, well, Jordan Peele's a great example. He made Get Out, and he's he made Us, and, you know, he's producing the new Candyman. He's got another horror movie coming out in 2022 now, I think. Like, he's, like, doubling mm. down on his horror. Um, and, uh, and what's his name? Lee Winnell, who did The Invisible Man, has done it pretty much exclusively horror since Saw. Sam Raimi mm. did delve into Spider-Man, but brought horror into the Spider-Man movies, I would argue. So, you know, it's all... Well, if we sort of uh, go... I, I appreciate it to... when a director proves themselves with that, but doesn't feel like it's beneath them to keep doing it. Because horror's a great genre. Yeah, I agree. Um, but also, I think horror... Like, horror's a great genre... Like, sort of because it's, like, um, it's a very raw sort of flavour. Like, it's a foundational thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, if we go to, like, the genres as flavour analogy, like, uh, like, the other things we would call genre are combinations of different things. Horror is, like, just salt or whatever. Like, it's just <laughs> savoury. You know, like, yeah. you mix it into other things. <laughs> to to make it good it is just a general negative sort of feeling yeah and um, and and that can be like dread tension or fear all of those things make a horror movie yeah and when you combine those with other like when when you combine them in the right way to make something there is a lot of generic horror but when you combine it in the right way it really makes for some really entertaining films again get mm. out was one of the best movies of the year it came out um mm. and is one of my favorite favorite films in just general um yeah next tweet from riley is good um is it's like a weeping angel except instead of sending you back in time it's ju- it just snaps your neck quoting you from the last episode yeah yeah um yeah so it's a weeping angel in season five a weeping angel yeah. would kill <laughs> um frank's monster so quick What's he going to do about it? <laughs> That's true. I appreciate calling him Frank's monster. That's a good reference yeah. to the thing I said. Was it? Or is it just a Twitter... Shorted it all in. I definitely said yeah. Frank's monster, so either it's a reference or it's not. Um, either way, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Um, yes, no, uh, I think we gave Frankenstein's monster way too much credit in the episode... Because um, it's a good point, well, especially if it's the went... one that snaps a neck. Frank, Frankie boy's done. He's just so dead. Well, but it's one of those like, if it's just a, 
uh, it's time for a death battle, buddy. Like they just like they they lock eyes, ready, fight, and now like the the angel can't do anything. Yeah, until and, and he if you can kill it just by destroying it. Yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, if it's just a matter of like picking the thing up and just breaking it over your knee or slamming it into the ground to kill it, then yeah, it's not hard to kill an angel. It's it's just that angels are bullshit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. But I th- we've talked about that enough. The next tweet from um, Riley is good says all the Friday the Thirteenth are bad. I can confirm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that, thought so. I've heard, actually just are. heard yeah. the remakes all right, but um, I wasn't a big fan of the first one. Although, in like intellectual hindsight, the the fact that it's a mum killing in revenge for the bullies that killed her son, like that is a really interesting motivation for a slasher. And the slasher is just a mum is a really fun twist. The problem is you watch Friday the Thirteenth now and you expect Jason, so it's a complete kind of. It, it, it takes yeah, you by but, surprise in a kind of bad way. But even then, it's still just Scooby-Doo without Scooby-Doo. It's still just, ah, it was old lady Jenkins from the water park. That's true. Um, like, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it was already old and and shitty. I don't know, like, that's probably not true. But, for, yeah, it's... there's I, I don't find anything that interesting about it being his mum... Yeah, I don't. It just it just means there's no excuse for them fighting it and not being able to fight her off. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> Riley's good continues saying, I think a xenomorph would be quick enough to tear Jason to pieces pretty easily, but as is sequel tradition, he will just magically be fine later. I was reading that he, got, he gets, in one of them he dies and then gets struck by lightning in the second one and that's what resurrects him. So that's right. horrible. Um... Yeah, I think in the end we corrected it and the Xenomorph easily would have probably killed Jason. Um, mm. Especially if it had a friend with it. Yeah, yeah. Which it wouldn't, but... But yeah. it, it still would have. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. The, uh, the the main thing that we can take from that is, isn't necessarily who won silver or bronze, just that the fucking Weeping Angels come from such a bullshit universe <laughs> that they get gold by default. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Because they'll grab gold before you, before you, before you can even say, "Don't grab that! Mm. Don't grab that gold, angel!" Then you touch that gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You naughty, naughty boys. boys, very <laughs> naughty boys. <laughs> um, next tweet from Riley's Good says, "Visa visa, Jason Law films one to five. He's just tough but killable. Six to eight, he is magic and j- can just come back to life." In nine specifically, he is a demon slug who can only be killed by a member of the Voorhees family. It's really dumb. Yep, I, I, I think it's I think it's always been dumb. I think it might have <laughs> been, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a horrible nightmare to think about. So we'll just assume it was Jason, one that fought the Xenomorph. He got killed by the Xenomorph. Easy done. He, he'll get struck by yeah. lightning. He'll come back for you know monster movie tournament too. <laughs> where we've got to do like the dumb one-upped versions of all of yeah, those yeah, yeah, things yeah. yeah so it's Jason which X which is a bit bullshit because it's the, the Weeping Angels might not have won then it's the Weeping Angel but it's the Statue of Liberty one <laughs> <laughs> remember that time that the Statue of Liberty was a Weeping Angel and walked through the whole of New York without anybody looking at it ugh it's probably got something to do with, like, the silence. There's probably some silence around there. No, no one can remember it. And then they were using, like, Dalek DNA Next tweet to make, from like, Riley a new version of Super Fucking hell. Next tweet from Riley's Good says, sorry, uh, sorry for heaps of tweets today. I'm bored at work, and you're talking both Doctor Who and horror movies, two things I have way too much information for in my head. <laughs> Weeping Angels are one of those spooky things that just don't make sense once you think about it. Yep. Yeah, never apologize for too many tweets, man. Well, so I replied to this tweet saying, "We love tweets." <laughs> Riley is good. Replied. I mean, we do again saying, "If you hated tweets, then the podcast truly would have become a terrible experience for you." <laughs> That's yeah, correct. Completely accurate. It's a good thing we love yeah, tweets. I... We love all your tweets. Thank you for tweeting in. Tw- tw- 
uh, and yes, uh, there, there's something. There is something to be said for things like horror and Doctor Who having a lot of things you can kind of discuss about. Um, you know, mm. like 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 Riley's Good says, it's one of those things where if you have that law in your head, this is the only thing that law comes in handy for. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Because none of your fucking real friends sure <laughs> as fuck want to hear about it. Yeah, uh, well, and even you, Cal, don't you don't. I really want to talk to you about the classes of Star Trek ships and what, like, objectively makes the Defiant the best one. All I care about with the Star Trek ships is which ones have, like, nice wood grain panelling and, like, comfy-looking leather seats. Galaxy class, and I understand that. Cool. That's the only one I want. That's the only thing I care about. I love about the Defiant is the Defiant was a ship that they built to fight the Borg, and they're like, here's a really little ship, and let's put... <sighs> let's just put too many guns in it. There's just so many guns in it. This ship will, like, explode itself because there are so many guns. And I'm like, I'm about that. I love it. Um, anyway, never apologise for tweeting and never apologise for knowing too much about a thing that you love. Because love what you love. Okay. okay. I... Riley never said that they loved... Doctor Who or horror <laughs> movies, fair enough. Yeah. Because um, you should feel bad for loving Doctor Who. Because it's bad. It's a bad thing. <laughs> deep down, Cal, you love Doctor Who. I do. <laughs> I was on Big Finish the other day. Oh, and I'm like, no. oh, there's so much stuff. And there's like David Tennant things now. Ooh. Yeah, they're doing like the they're doing a big crossover event with like Big Finish and comics and stuff. And like yeah. it's uh, Chris and Chris Eccleston's doing something in it, I think. Which is yeah, yeah, he's yeah, unreal. his stuff's coming out start of next year. Unreal that he's coming to do that. And like it's the it's the sixtieth um, anniversary in three years. <laughs> oh, jeez, it feels yeah. like we just had the fiftieth, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know, right? Well, maybe by then they can actually film something when COVID guidelines stop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see how completely fucked Europe is in the next three years. Yeah, well, that's true too. We then got another one last tweet from at Flint Monkey. He's just tweeted us a yep. photo. It's an election twenty twenty oh, yeah. meme. Um, no, we don't talk politics on this show. Ne- not once. Matt, We've on. never done it. <laughs> never ever. And when we did, we cut it out, leaving us with fifteen minute long episodes. <laughs> took us two hours to record. <laughs> Oh man, that was so bad. Anyway, um, that's damn. that's the yeah. tweets. That's the tweets done and dusted. Uh, cool. All right. So you're not you're not going to describe the election meme at me. I wasn't going to. Did you want me to? No. Nah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just all have all right. to live in like mystery. Ooh. Or find us on Twitter at Video Shop Pod. You could also do and... that. Yeah. <laughs> and look at it there. Yeah. I guess. Because home of all the relevant memes, Video Shop Pod on Twitter. Disclaimer, we post very little memes. <laughs> Disclaimer, the previous statement was a blatant lie. <laughs> Alright, play the music. Welcome to the Video Shop Podcast about what you're watching, maybe. I'm your host, Cal. I'm your other host, Sam. And uh, today we cop another staggering blow to the gonads by 2020. Um, um, (laughs) Put that in a funny way for a dark thing. (laughs) Because Sean Connery died. Um, And that's fucking horrible. Uh, So we're going to talk about... There truly are no more hot shingles in your area. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so we're going to talk about his filmography a little bit. Um, we watched... Well, when I say we watched, I mean Cal watched uh, two movies and I watched exactly nothing. Um, God damn it, Sam. But I have seen these movies, so it's fine. It's fine, Cal. Now, before we get into the... Uh, no, let, like, let, let's let's tickle his actual filmography before we get into the meat of the... The ones uh, we the watched. The two movies that we... Um, yeah, so I, watched. I realize that he's made a lot of movies and I'm going to list them and you stop me when you have heard of one of these. Okay. Lilacs in the Spring. No Road Back. 
Hell Drivers, Action of the Tiger, Time Lock, Another Time, Another Place, Darby O'Gill and the Little People, Tarzan's Ooh, Greatest uh, ding, Adventure. Ding. I think I know. I, th- I think I know. <laughs> Darby O'Gill and the Little People. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a it's a Walt Disney film. Um, yeah, and he and he I think plays it's like, Michael McBride. Cool. I, like I'm pretty sure it's a like. Um, the the parents don't believe the kids have seen leprechauns. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. 1959, mm. from Walt yeah. Disney's live-action era. Um, <laughs> he was also in uh, yeah. Tarzan's Greatest Adventure. We also all know Tarzan. Um, yeah, we know of that story, but I didn't I know Sean Connery was in any of those movies. And he doesn't play Tarzan, so frankly, I don't care Boo. for it. <laughs> He then made a film called On the Fiddle, The okay. Frightened City, The Longest Day. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then a little number called Dr. No. Hey, there we are. <laughs> I know that one. Uh, 1962. Now, you watched this, I assume, for the first time. Yes, because I haven't seen any old James Bond movie. You haven't seen before. any of That's them? That's my first... None of them. That's my first James Bond movie that wasn't um, Daniel Craig. Interesting. Um, okay, well, what were your impressions, Cal? Well, so are, are we get? <laughs> yeah, okay. I say we so, do it as we um, do it as we find them. As we go, fair enough. Um, I was really surprised at how few, um, like James Bondy tropes there were in this. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, remind like, me. I have seen it. Remind me which one this is. So this is the one where um, the. Uh, there's an island off the coast of Hawaii um, that they are experimenting with, like, um, nuclear-powered radio wave, like, interceptors to off... like, to throw off um, the guidance of rockets. Right, yes. And so they're going to, like... They're going to weaponize that to stop... uh, Like, to, to turn a... A space shuttle launch into, um, like into a weapon. Like, yeah. Into like a, yep. 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 Just a missile. This is the one that um, ends with him on a boat with an attractive blonde, right? I mean, I'm sure that doesn't narrow it down. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that does describe half of the James Bond movies. <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, but yeah, so like, um, yeah, even just like, th- like there were no gadgets because I I assumed that came later. Um, yeah, like although the, not the most... not that long later, I think he has them pretty quickly <laughs> after that. Yeah, um, there's like you know a big intricate villain base thing, um, and there's like that they, they there's a couple of times where like they could just kill him, but they don't. They lock him up instead, and he busts out and and yeah, and wins the day because of it. But there isn't like a uh, let's uh, tie you to a unnecessarily slow dipping mechanism and and feed you to the sharks. Yep. <laughs> sort of thing. Um yeah, but so like it was it was surprisingly grounded for most of it where like he's actually doing detective work and like he's sus on every drink somebody else pours him. Yeah. Like to, to not get drugged or poisoned or anything, so he's like got hidden bottles of booze everywhere. <laughs> Because he still needs to drink, of course. Of course. And, yeah, and then... Can't like, do this spying sober. Hmm. Well, and this, like... It's sort of strange how he, like, manipulates women into sleeping with him as this, like... Um, as, like, a tactical thing. It's like, you see that all the time in films, but never with the genders this way around. <laughs> like not very often with the genders this way around. Like uh, so, you, like he is played as the temptress. Yeah, <laughs> he's the um, he's, like, he's the femme fatale. Yeah, that he's is like a super very seductive. interesting take on James Bond, <laughs> and I really, I really appreciate the 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 image of James Bond as the uh, femme fatale because he he does, and then like. Post coitus, he's like convincing her to come out to dinner with him instead of like staying at home when um, she's like 
she works for the for Doctor No, and she's like called them up, and like they've got people on the way to come and get James Bond. Yeah. Um, but he's called ahead, and they've got government agents coming to pick up her and an interrogator. Um, so he like, yeah, he he convinces her to like come out to dinner with him instead of staying there. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and then just like gets outside, throws her into a, <laughs> into the back of a car, and goes right there. You go, take her away, boys. Yeah. Lights up a cigarette. <laughs> it's great. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's it's uh, old. But, uh, yeah. It's it's old and fun, and the action is very understated, and usually bad when it happens. Yeah. Does he um, have? He has his signature DB5 in this, doesn't he? Is that a gun? It's a car. No. Well, it, I mean, I couldn't tell you. I don't think so. I don't remember when he gets his DB5. Just because uh, he like he gets uh, like because it's set in Hawaii, he gets off a plane, and then he's he like he doesn't have a car there. Goldfinger was the first, and it was a DB. It was a DB4. Mm. There is this strange scene oh, no, at the DB beginning five. where there's like a ten minute discussion about like which gun he should be using and how he likes his little Beretta and he's never missed with it. And they're like, no, 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 you're going to use this thing. It hits like a fucking truck and the Americans swear by it. And I think it's going to be like a Chekhov's gun moment where it's going to jam on him later or something like that. and Or he's going to have like gotten himself his Beretta back and... Yeah, you know, but it just it never comes up again. <laughs> See, that's a bit weird. That's one of those annoying old film things where they're yeah. like, people will find this interesting, um, and maybe well, people and I think did, but yeah, I think it's just sort of to establish like the power dynamic of of him and and his commanding officers, like yeah, to be like they they can tell him no, you will use this gun, like you will do your job in this specific way. Maybe it's and how they sort of... wanted to sell it to the Americans. They're like, the Americans will struggle with an English person as the hero. So what we'll do is we'll give him an American gun. So it's still the Americans well, the... saving the day. And there is a CIA agent in this who's a, a very uh, chiseled, handsome boy. Uh, but he's not in it for very long. Um, and he's not the one who gets captured by Dr. No. So he's just not there when all the actual shit happens. Yeah. Um but uh, but yeah, so like it, there's this like, oh who's the who's working for Doctor No and who's not? Who's this mysterious figure in sunglasses off in the distance watching James Bond? Oh cool, he's he's the American agent who, um, who had to you know check to make sure that it was definitely someone on their side before he revealed himself. Yeah, <clears throat> the one thing yeah. with this movie though is it does set up the like the gun barrel thing. It sets up the you know the super stylized opening credits. It sets up the James mm. Bond theme. Like, those things it sets up that are with this series yeah, yeah. forever. But even then, like, even things like um, Shaken Not Stirred is said once by a waiter, not by James Bond. Yeah. And, and like, and like just, just, like, little things like that you'd think are going to be... Um, like, the, the, like, not that you assume they're going to be there from the beginning, but you're, like... You're surprised when none of them are there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all in all, I like a, a pretty good time. Like I, I was surprised at how not goofy it was. The, like it, it got a bit over the top with Doctor No's like secret underwater base. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy, but like it, it was fun. I wonder. I do wonder a little bit because I've never read the books. How close this is to the original Ian Fleming book, Doctor No. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I don't have, haven't actually had anyone sort of complain about inconsistencies with the book, but I guess that's probably a new thing. Well, and and it's a book series that not as many people have really read now. You know, like I don't know not compared anyone to having seen James Bond. Yeah, movies. like James Bond movies are what's iconic now, not the books. Um, yeah, and like the only James Bond I've read is one of those new young James Bond movies by Anthony Horowitz. Um, okay. Which is more like, which is almost an Alex Ryder style thing. Um, I know. I think. I think Bob's read a couple. Uh, but but he's read like the s- Jurassic Park novel and stuff. But Bob's a massive nerd. Bob is a massive nerd because <laughs> he reads things. Yuck. 
Um, yeah, so what do you think of Sean Connery's James Bond himself, you know, compared to the only other James Bond you've seen, Daniel Craig? Well, there are, um, like, he's definitely, like, demands more, like, presence. Like, he's, you, you believe that all the women he's seducing genuinely find him attractive and, um, and, and you believe that he knows what he's talking about. He keeps his cool so well throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, at least that's how they portray this character. Like he's he's always got his shit together. I like that take on on James Bond better than um, I don't. Know, I feel like I got nothing from Daniel Craig's performance, which is sad because I know he's capable of so much. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, here's the thing: Daniel Craig's movies are very hit and miss, and um, <clears throat> and they're they're fifty percent miss. <laughs> well, and. Most of them are like like most of the movie is big explosive action sequences. Because name a trait that like that is unique to Daniel Craig's Bond, other than potato oh. in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it like the the best thing I can come up with is like shaky cam kung fu. Like it's just. In saying that, like it, him in Casino Royale, like his story arc of like, you know, trying to be like a subtle spy instead of the punchy in the face spy, that's what makes Casino mm. Royale really interesting. But they they drop that like immediately for the next one, and like going forward, mm. he's such an he, his version is like he's fine. He's a good actor, and his performance is good. But like, I do not care to see another Daniel Craig. James Bond, I want to see another Daniel Craig knives out, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I think I think the thing there was that the James Bond character just had no personality. Like the, he was an alcoholic who was a bit stoic, liked to punch things, and that's it. Yeah. Like Sean Connery's James Bond is like cool, calm and collected all the time. Um sleazy, quick-witted and like yeah, you could you could describe him in some way. Um like he's overly prepared. Like I got the feeling I was watching like a a non-superhero version of Batman. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. And I think Batman takes a lot of inspiration a lot of inspiration from uh, or or you know, Batman's not that much is a little bit before the movies, well, but um, Batman made made by a character from a, a comic book uh, company called Detective Comics, being somewhat inspired by spy stories. Ridiculous, Sam. <laughs> well, I'd have to check the books. I think the James Bond books were slightly before Batman's time, but the movies definitely weren't. But like, they're they're all from the same um, common ancestor. Like, it's all it's yeah, all based it's all... on yeah old school film noir detective stuff. Yeah. Um, Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah. The one thing with these movies, these old James Bond movies, I find really hard watching is the depiction of women in them. Is only, like, just because I, I understand, you know, it's like that's the era it was made in, um, but it's just so jarring coming from a modern perspective to watch those older movies. Well, And, like, that's sort of what I now. was warned about with, with uh, Sean Connery's James Bond. Let's jump to the next movie Sean Connery made, which was From Russia With Love, another Bond movie. This was the first one with Gadgets, yep. first one with Q. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure I've seen this one, but honestly, I couldn't tell you anything about it. I think he goes to Jamaica, maybe. <laughs> um, well, because it's... Sorry. Yeah. I, I don't think it was Hawaii in the first one. I think it was Jamaica in Dr. Right. No. So, yeah, but... So, it's interesting that the first James Bond movie isn't set in America. <laughs> like, so it isn't, isn't set in, um, in the UK. None anymore. of them are, really. They all go somewhere else. Um, and fair enough, but that's, that's an interesting thing for such a British institution of, a, of, a, yeah, of an IP. And then the, one of the most... And then one of his, like, the really iconic ones was the next one he made, Goldfinger. It's where he got the car. Um, yeah. And they amped up the humour, I think, a little bit in this one, which kind of defined Bond going forward. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, it just is it's just another really iconic one, really, to be honest. Mm. Um, you haven't seen it. There's not a lot. 
they're, they're all a bit... You'll probably get roasted for this. All the Bond movies are a bit samey. It's, yeah. it's all James Bond seduces a woman for a reason. Um, he could have got the information without doing that, but, you know, player's got to play. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and then he goes to the big base to defeat the bad guy, but he's captured first. And, like, you know, those cliches of the Bond movie are all the Bond movies. Like, there's not... Well, yeah, it's... Yeah, and it's what defined things like the Austin Powers franchise. Like, yeah. Uh, and and it's it was just why, lampshading all of those tropes. Why Spectre sucks. Um. <laughs> well, because uh, that, that's an interesting point. I didn't realise that Spectre was, like, this this thing right from the beginning. Oh, yeah, so... it was something... What I should say is... Must have come up later. From Russia with Love, the second one is mm. is also Spectre, and it's them trying to get revenge for killing Dr. No. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. Like, it's... I just didn't realise that Bond had, like... Like, an arch-nemesis organisation right from the beginning. Yeah. I thought that it was, like just dumb boss with their wacky henchmen after dumb boss with wacky henchmen most Fair of enough. the time but yeah Goldfinger also has Odd Job who's the who throws his you know his hat <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so dumb yeah. anyway uh, Sean Connery then did some non-Bond movies uh, Marnie yep Woman of Straw which is apparently amazing is it Marnie I haven't, I haven't, seen I haven't it. heard it it's a s- I, I don't oh it's yeah. Alfred Hitchcock it's a psychological yeah. thriller. Hmm. Mm. I like Hitchcock. Yeah, he like won an Oscar for that or something. I like Hitchcock's or... thrillers a lot. Um, although yeah. I prefer his British thrillers to his American ones. To, if I'm being honest. Um, Fair enough. Frenzy is fucked up. Um, <laughs> Woman of Straw. Maybe maybe I'll watch Marnie at some point. Anyway. Um, Woman of Straw. We should do a Hitchcock episode. He then did. Uh, I'd need to watch so much, but I'd be down. We could do it. Actually, I, oh, I've we seen don't a really. few. We've got to watch like Psycho. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen North by Northwest? No. All right, you'd have to watch that. What about Rope? No. Probably have to watch that too. Frenzy? <laughs> no. I'm going to have to watch <laughs> that. No. I'm um, not even sure if I've seen Psycho. The Birds? <laughs> Actually, I've not seen The Birds. I have seen a lot of Alfred Hitchcock movies, but I've never seen Psycho, which is really bad. I mean, like, it's one of those things where, like, if you've seen Austin Powers, you really don't need to see... You really don't need to watch James Bond for the tropes. No, you don't. Like, you You know know what's going to happen, because the whole point of this other thing is the tropes. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I do agree. Um, Sean Connery then... So, like, I've seen... So I was just going to say, I've seen, like, Silence of the Hams and, yeah. like, every anything ever has parodied Psycho at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he then made a British-American war drama called The Hill uh, and then was his next yep. Bond film, Thunderball. Um, yep. Which I've heard good things about, but I haven't seen it. Is that the, is that the one that, like, one of the... Uh, uh, one of the Daniel Craig movies was just that again. Uh, I don't think so. Unless it was Spectre, because this one's Spectre again. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm basing this knowledge entirely off the epic rap battles of history, uh, James <laughs> Bond versus Austin Powers. Right. Um, <laughs> they, they knock him for making Thunderball twice. Fair enough. Sean Connery was then in A Fine Madness... Another James Bond yep. movie, You Only Live Twice. This one I don't think I've seen. Because that, that was one of the ones that wasn't made by MGM. No, this one was. Was it? You're oh, thinking okay. of a different one. It, I know which one you're thinking I thought of, that was it's not this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's because like, there's some interesting stuff there about like the rights transferring hands and, and getting Sean Connery to play James Bond in a sort of knockoff James Bond movie, which is insane to me. Yeah. Um, it, interesting, You Only Live Twice was the first of the Bond movies to um, have a reduction in box office revenue. Ooh, um, okay. And interestingly, the same year, there was another Bond movie um, mm. called Casino Royale, which was not made by MGM, and this was 1963. Um, right, okay. And is not cause... considered an official part of the the James Bond... At least... Series, not not until Daniel Craig remakes it. Yeah, because there is Casino Royale. 
Yeah, yeah. In I, the Daniel Craig yeah. version, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. I There's probably a story there that I do not understand. <laughs> probably. Um, he next did uh, The Bowler and the Bunnet. Oh, he it was a director. Oh, he was the director. It's a documentary. Fair enough. Okay, cool. Does it say what the documentary's about? Scottish television documentary... Only thing Sean Connery ever directed. Uh, critical examination of the Fairfield experiment, whereby Ian Maxwell Stewart introduced new working practices at the Fairfield shipyard in Glasgow. Okay, that's pretty interesting. The title comes it's, from. It's the, interesting. The title comes from the tradition where bowler hats were worn by managers within the shipyards, while bonnets um, were worn by workers. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's it's interesting that that was something that he was interested enough in that he wanted to direct it. Hmm. Hmm. Although I suppose directing a documentary is sort of like filming it. <laughs> Isn't it like... <laughs> or like editing it? I don't even know. <laughs> like if you know... If there's no actors... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the director doing? Well, I mean, the director still does things. I don't know how directing yeah, on of a... of course, um, but... I don't know how directing on uh, a documentary works, to be honest, but it's pretty yeah. similar, but it's mostly like, ca- it's like, you know, you need someone to point the camera, you need someone to say where to point the camera, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of just like the boss of the of the shoot. Yeah. Um, yeah. He then made a movie called um, Shalako, which is a British-German Western. Um, Ooh. He was then in a movie called The Red Tent, The Molly Maguires, yep. The Anderson Tapes. Uh, then he was in Diamonds of Forever, another Bond movie, um, yep. which I think um, was maybe his last one. Let me check that. Fact check myself. Oh, it was... So, he returned to play him in Diamonds of Forever, but he declined to play him on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which came before this one. And right. um, George Lazenby was played um, played Bond in that one movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. He's the one non-United yeah. Kingdom person to play James Bond, George Lazenby, yeah. who's an Australian, for those who don't know. Yes. Um... And he was going to reprise his role in Diamonds of Forever, but his agent told him to ask for more money. Um, And when he did, they said no, so he was advised to quit. And I bet he regrets that. Um, Yeah, I I have actually heard that, yeah, he does. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He was then in a movie... Sean Connery was then in a movie called The Offence, Zardos, Murder on the Orient Express. I bet you've heard of that one. Yeah, so I didn't know that this... That Sean Connery... Did this particular like did, did uh, one of these movies? Yeah, nineteen seventy four, like, the nineteen seventy four film. Who did he play? Was it Poirot? No, he was Colonel Arbuthnot. Okay, fair enough. Uh, he was then in a movie called Ransom, which looks like a generic terrorist attack movie. Um, oh, it's even known in some places as the terrorists. So <laughs> great. Yep. Uh, he was in The Wind and the Lion, The Man Who Would Be King, uh, Robin and Maria, The Next Man, A Bridge Too Far, which is um, apparently an excellent film, but I haven't seen it. It's an epic war film um, based on a book of the same name. He was in The mm-hmm. First Great Train Robbery, Meteor, Cuba, Outland, Time Bandits, Jeez. Um, goal, five days, one summer. Wrong is right. Never say never again. Now, that's the unauthorised one you're thinking of. Right, okay. Um, which um, I've heard only mostly negative things about. Um, I mean, it must have come so long after that, like, yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Um, but it was his last... His last outing as Bond, or was it? Mm. Um, uh, yeah, because I'm pretty sure I know why you made me watch The Rock. <laughs> uh, he was in uh, Sword of the Valiant. He was in Highlander, which we probably should have watched. That's another huge role he did. Do you know what Highlander yep. is? I'm surely you do. Is is that the 
there can be only one. Uh, basically, yeah. Like Highlanders yeah. Are, uh, are special warriors and only they can kill another Highlander or something. And when they meet, they yeah, kill get... till there's only one left. Yeah, and, and they absorb each other's powers and stuff. Yeah. Um, he was in yep. the name of the Rose, the Untouchables, the Presido, Memories of Me, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which we both know very well. Fucking hell. Uh, How many movies has this guy done? A lot. Um, just, just we've we've spoken about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade a lot. I think we did it on our two hundredth episode, didn't we? Um, yeah, I think we did. Yeah. So if you want our full thoughts on that, go watch that. But Sean Connery in that movie is amazing, and his interaction with <laughs> Harrison Ford is amazing. And Harrison Ford actually made yeah. a statement about um, Sean Connery's death, basically saying that my experience on the Last Crusade was just immensely fun. And we had a great, and you know, me and Sean Connery, we had a great time, um, yeah. which is really sweet. And the only nice thing I've ever heard Harrison Ford say about filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, next thing was Family Business, The Hunt for Red October, another film that is one of his iconic ones that I've never seen. I was um, going to say, I hear that is very good, but it sounds super boring. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the Russia House, Highlander 2, The Quickening, Robin Hood, <laughs> Prince of Thieves. Now, I, I, that is apparently only as an uncredited cameo in that, so fair enough. Right. Uh, Medicine Man, Rising Sun, A Good Man in Africa, Just Caused, First Night, Dragonheart, The Rock. There Finally. we go. <laughs> Jeez, 57 minutes in. Yep. <laughs> and we get to the second movie. Oh, boy. Um... Yeah, so this is the one that the conspiracy theory is about, where like he's secretly playing James Bond again. Yeah, yeah. So basically, he's like a he's a captured MI six agent. You know, he, he was disavowed yeah. by his government. Um, yeah. But his all name's in, James. His name's James. For all intensive purposes, it could be James Bond. Like it's one of those things where people are like, it's fun to think that he is. Well, and besides him being locked up for thirty years. Well, here's the thing. And this is, ties into a James Bond theory, which is that mm. James Bond's a code name. Yeah. So when a, he was captured, title, yeah. You know, when he was captured sixty years ago, he just got replaced by um, Timothy Dalton, whoever the next one was. Yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, was it Timothy enough. Dalton or was it the next one? Um, what was his name? Pierce Brosnan. No, 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 no. The other one. Uh, he was the, George Lazenby. No, no, no. The other one. He was in the most James Bond uh, movies. Fuck, I, I couldn't even tell you if, it, if it's those are the only Bonds I know. Fuck, I should know this. James Bond actors. God damn it, Roger Moore. God, Roger Moore. Jesus yeah. Christ. Anyway, um, yes. Um, anyway, what did you think of The Rock? Um, okay, so. I didn't know it was a Nicolas Cage movie when you first told me to watch it. I didn't know it was a Michael Bay movie when you first told me to watch it. I didn't know it had the Candyman in it. And I didn't know it had Dr. Cox from Scrubs in it. <laughs> You're welcome, Kel. Because, <laughs> who oh boy, this fucking movie... <laughs> it is... Has, like... Oh, it... It has some Nick Cagey, Nick Cage in it. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's I love me some Nick Cage. And who would have thought like uh, Nick Cage and Sean Connery would be an excellent pairing? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bay did, apparently. Well, because there was a couple of times when like Nicolas Cage is going full like crazy-eyed bonkers at him for saying nothing. Yeah. And he's like, just cut me some slack, man! <laughs> and it's like, he wasn't even, like, pressuring you at all. He was just like, oh, so what does that do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've just ripped fucking bit his head off me. Calm down. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Um, but, like, the, the villain plot is cool. The way the villains work and how they slowly fall apart without the good guys necessarily being, like, doing anything to do that yeah is cool it's like watching two movies at once yeah 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 it's it's a nice dynamic between the two mm. and almost the victory is the good guys learning to work together and the bad guys failing to work together yeah teamwork well, and... makes the dream work <laughs> there was way too like because there wasn't that many like big explosions and shit but like there's a car chase oh the car chase Cage is... 
Yeah. Has like stolen a Lamborghini and is chasing <laughs> chasing Sean Connery through the streets of LA who's stolen somebody's San Francisco, but Gumby. yeah. San Francisco, sorry. Um and it's all pretty well established that he knew he'd get caught, but he just wanted to see his daughter for a minute. It's kind of sweet actually. It is sweet, except when you acknowledge <laughs> how much fucking, like, how many people he's definitely injured, maybe killed. On the way? Yeah, 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 yeah. And On how Nicolas Cage pursued him, knowing that that was a risk, even though he knew where and he was participated going. participated in it. Yep. And he wrecked this guy's Lamborghini and then stole the guy's motorbike. It's a great scene, though. Like, they, they destroy this man's, like, uh... Uh, tram <laughs> trolley for Americans um, and like oh. and, like the other thing is that like um, the bad guy holds some people hostage um, threatens threatens the city with a with a biological weapon yeah uh, asks for something like 58 million dollars or whatever like one million dollars for every like fallen soldier that he that, that died under his command that didn't get a proper funeral yeah yeah. And $1 million for everyone involved, including himself. Like, he asks for, like, a very reasonable amount of money. <laughs> yes, very reasonable, measured. Mm, yeah. Like, because it... And he's he's portrayed as, like, in other circumstances, he'd be a good guy. He'd be, like, the guy you turn to in another action movie to get another bad guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'd, all, he'd be the Sean and, Connery role in another movie. Yeah, correct. Like, yeah, he's he's the go-to guy. So, like, it was really interesting to watch this movie where, like, the good guys are, like, sort of in shambles and not even necessarily particularly good guys, just good at what they do. Yeah. And the bad guys are, like, super moral, like, have a hardcore code that they're going to stick to until, like, pressure from, <laughs> from the morally grey good guys breaks them. Yeah. Like... As as far as Michael Bay big explosion dumb movies go, it's really, really well done. It is because Michael Bay isn't inherently bad when he has a limited, a more limited budget, a limited, a more limited budget, um, mm. and he's like kind of boxed in. He can make some mm. really well made, intense action films that are really fun, and The Rock is one of those, in my opinion. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think The Rock is super fun. And honestly, like, probably the worst part about it is just, like, sometimes Nick Cage is just a bit too Nick Cage. I'm a and, cat. If that's what I'm you're... a sexy cat. <laughs> like, at one point, he's there's, like, a, a straight-up sex scene with him and his girlfriend. Oh, um, yeah, where, on the like, roof? Yeah, on the roof of his building where, like... He's like, no, 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 I have to answer this call because it could be an actual biological attack on, on the city. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't just not answer the phone. I don't care that I'm <laughs> in mid-coitus. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's it's weird because it's, like, it's all that, like, pro-military propaganda stuff that... Yeah, um, that Michael Bay that does Michael Bay does. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's super interesting. On the point of um, of Sean Connery being James Bond in this movie, though, like, yeah, I... Uh, I haven't made you watch Legend of Korra yet, have I? Fuck you, Kel. I watched Legend of Korra before you were born. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> um, no, of, of, of course I've watched Legend of Korra. But season I three. It when have it was you seen season three? Yes, I've seen all of it. I love okay, Legend cool. of Korra. Okay, cool. I just... It's like Dude, you don't I even know me, Dude, I fucking forget, Kel. man. Dude, you fucking, you've lived on the other side of the planet for the last fucking year. I barely speak to you about shit. And I haven't watched Legend of Korra yet this year because my fucking <laughs> world is falling apart. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Point of is, course I've watched Legend of Korra. When they get him out of prison. Yeah. And he's got the big long hair and shit. And I'm like, well, because it's even, it's even a like Iroh in the Fire Nation prison style thing. Or, yeah. But I was thinking Zaheer. In season, at the start of season three, I was like, oh shit, Sean Connery is about to just fucking wreck shop. And then he does. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. When he's getting the haircut and he like, la he like slip knots this, the, the guy's wrist, he like put him in jail and just yeets him off the fucking so building. So good. And, 
It's so <laughs> and good. And uses it to like buy time to run away. Oh fuck, man. <laughs> it's so good. It's um on the uh, on the note of the movie as a whole and the title The Rock, The Rock is a reference to Alcatraz. Um yeah. it's such a cool setting for a movie like this as well. Just on a side mm. note, I went there when I went to San Francisco. And the amount mm. of history that is on this li- island and is preserved is just immensely fascinating. Yeah, man. Um, not only just like... the prison, but other elements to it that I didn't know. Like, there was a, a Native American occupation of the island at, at a certain point. Um, okay. And, uh, like, so there's this old prison, but there's tons of, like, graffiti over it about um, pro... at the Well, they used the word Indian at the time you know, pro-Indian messages um, for, you Mm. know, freedom and, you know, getting their land back. So it's like this really interesting, really, really interesting um, uh, place Mm. um, that still exists and you can go visit. Like, if if anyone goes to, hasn't, you know, if anyone goes to San Francisco, you know, in the next 10 years or so when travel opens up, um, (laughs) I highly recommend going to Alcatraz because it's just immensely fascinating. Because it was one of the things that, like, I was going to do on my American holiday this year, uh, and then fucking, yeah, that, that worked out well. Yeah, it's um, so shit. I was going to come like, meet you guys, too. Well, and Bob booked it and was like, yeah, no, we, we need to go see Alcatraz. And I'm like, really? Like, what what could possibly be there that's that interesting? But you've, you've sold me on it. Well, and I, I sold Bob on it. That's why he said you need to go see Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So it all comes full circle. Yep, yep. <laughs> Because uh, it's just one of those... Well, I mean, I am very interested in history um, uh, mm. and have become more and more as I've got older. So it's one of those things mm. where if you're even moderately interested in in history, especially, like, localized, like really super localised history that has so many, like, kind of layers on it, um, mm. I, I just find it really interesting, yeah. Um, I yeah. want to do a night tour of Alcatraz because you can also go there at night mm. and apparently it's spooky. That would be sick. It's spooky. <laughs> but it's not spooky sort of anymore. Like they try and... Yeah, so we can't talk about can't it. Can't talk about it. Um, it's Turkey Vember or whatever it's called. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I think history is one of those things that they try and hammer into kids. They try and be like, you should think this is important and interesting when you're seven. Yeah. And it's like, fucking, why would I? Yeah. Like, shut up. Tell me about it when I'm, you know, 20 and I'll find it super interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, and that's the thing. I think it's important to plant the seeds in children because I also know a lot of adults that don't give a shit about history either. Um, well, yeah, true. It might just be a personality thing. I, but I think, I think it is generally something that you take on more as you get older. I think so too. You start too. to learn yeah. like how much history has a has an effect on things as you get older. Well, that's the big thing I find interesting because even like today. So for those that don't know, I'm writing a book and I'm writing a chapter. And I was talking to my mum about what Melbourne Central in Melbourne was like in the year 1999 when my book was set. And it's just mm. these like tiny little differences that for a place mm. I am so familiar with. Um, cause mm. in 1999, there was an escalator straight out of the train station to the main street. You didn't have to go through Melbourne central itself. And, yeah. um, and, and that's a really minor difference. But when you think about it in the context of, you know, what that means, it means in 2003, they took out that escalator and put the escalators through the center of the shopping center instead. And it's just oh, okay. immensely strange to think that those two things changed Within the last, you know, twenty years, and then yeah, even like within bef- my lifetime, and even yeah. before that, the thing that blew my mind was Melbourne Central Station was originally called Museum Station because when it was built, Melbourne Central wasn't there; it was just the train station, and it was called Museum Station because yeah. the State Library originally held the Museum of Victoria. Right. Okay. So they built Melbourne Central on top of the train station, like ten years later and renamed it to fit that when the museum moved from the State Library to where it is now in Carlton um, in the year 2000, I think that happened. So it's just these, you know, on a historically speaking, completely irrelevant historically speaking, but immensely Mm. fascinating that a place I'm so familiar with less than 20 years ago would have been unrecognisable to me. Or not unrecognisable, but these little tiny differences would have been would have made the place completely unfamiliar. 
Mm. Well, and because it is interesting, like I, I, I know this is a very dumb tangent to take this to, but like in the um, the third generation re- like remakes of uh, of the third generation of Pokemon. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> so like they they replace a whole town with like a big indoor mall. <laughs> yeah, and it 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 infuriated me. I was like. Fucking, this was a proper town where people lived. Like this, it was. It, this is important, motherfucker. And you just tore it down and built a mall. Yeah. Like what the fuck? And yeah. So to think that like this, a similar thing happened in Melbourne Central. That like this mall slowly like overtook the station, like this train station. That yeah. Was and I mean, the, linked to something like a museum. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. It's strange that at 30 years ago, the dynamics of that part of the city were entirely different, even though it mm. was practically the same. And I find that immensely interesting. And it's the same with Alcatraz Island. Like, the buildings are all still there, but there's an entire extra layer of history because it's covered in this, you know, this text um, mm. about, you know, Indians fighting for their, you know, right to exist as people um, mm. is just immensely interesting. And I wanted to go, and I didn't learn that till I got to the island. And it, it was something, it's like Indian, in, Indian freedom or something is like up on the giant water tank there. And I'm like, why, what, what am I missing here? Um, mm. And it's all preserved for the most part. It's yeah. Anyway, um, we've, we've got we very are, off topic. So deep in this episode. Uh, we're almost near the end of um, Sean Connery's um, filmography. filmography. Um, in 1998, right. he did The Avengers. Have you seen The Avengers? As in the British spy show where the joke is that they are very straight-faced the whole time? Yes, except it's the movie no. of that that stars um, Uma Thurman and um, Ralph Fiennes. Right. Have you seen okay. it? I have not. It is fucking horrendous. <laughs> yeah, and I do hear that. I think uh, the Dom, the guy who does the um, how well do they translate the book into a movie review yeah. show on YouTube. Um, oh yeah, I think he pretty much just went, okay, cool. This is the only joke in the whole thing, and now that you get it, you don't need to watch the movie because the movie's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's so bizarre and it's a movie, it's a movie that's <laughs> trying to like pay homage to those like sixties campy shows by being campy yeah. itself, but being so weird and unnatural that it's really, it's about a weather machine that is used to destroy stuff. Right. It's just, okay. maybe we'll do an episode on it at some point. The Avengers versus nah. the Avengers. Um, nah. <laughs> he then did. I'm pretty sure there's also like big Finnish radio dramas based on. I'm the sure there are. Um, Sean Connery then did a movie called Playing by Heart. He then did Entrapment. He did Finding Forrester. Um, he then did The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which I have seen and it's all fallen out of my brain. And it, because it's none because it's movie. awful. <laughs> You don't remember how awful that is? Uh, no, I don't remember anything about I remember one big red dude, that's it. That's all I yeah, remember. Yeah, that's what there's a reason for that. That was in 2003. <laughs> His next credit isn't until 2012 and it's a um animated film he made called Sir Billy. Okay. And then he was the narrator for a documentary called Ever to Excel and that's it. Jeez. I mean Fuck, like, that's such a long and thorough such a, <laughs> like, career. It's such an impressive career. Um, and the, and he, it's just sad that his, like, passion for film was killed by the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is trash. Mm. Tweet us at Video Shop Pod. What's your favourite Sean Connery performance? Um, my... Yeah, and are there any roles in particular that we need to see? The, yes, yeah. Um... Obviously, we covered what we have seen, which is not as much as we should, but we, we, we watched some. Yep. Personally, it's hard to go past The Rock for me. Um, the Rock is very good. Uh, as <laughs> It's a crazy film. It is, it is so much fun. As much as I like Sean Connery as Bond, um, there have been lots of Bonds since then. They've all brought their own spin to it. 
he is the original though. So Bond has changed so much. Yeah, um, and those movies, yeah. while they are fun, they are a little cheesy and they are a little dated. Um, whereas The Rock mm. is still such an immensely entertaining film for me. So that's probably my favourite Sean Connery film. Um, mm. But let us know at Video Shop Pod. What's your favourite Sean Connery movie? Really sad year. So what was your what was your favourite Sean Connery performance, Cal? <laughs> I mean. You're sort of right that he played basically the same character in in The Rock as he did in James Bond. Um, but I, I honestly really like James Bond a lot more than I thought I would. Fair enough. Um, it, it might be worth doing an, a Bond episode at some point where we watch some of the older ones. Because we've talked about the new mm. stuff as it's come out, but we haven't done a Bond episode. Um, well, maybe, maybe we should do a Sean Connery Bond episode. Yeah, and then... A Roger Moore Bond episode, a... yeah. Until until new things start coming out more consistently. Although we're going to get the new mutants soon, so maybe we'll uh, uh, maybe we'll do a new mutants yeah. well, and, episode. And Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's waiting in the wings. Yeah, th- um, that won't come out till next year, I don't think. New um, mutants is coming well, to streaming and, though. Sure, fair enough. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and I'm sure Black Widow isn't far off. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully. So. Um, the, so, the other thing yeah, I should say is some... uh, Sean Connery performances, it's also hard to go past The Last Crusade because him as the like kind of dopey dad is really mm. fun. It's a very different character it, to what he normally plays. It is, and it's nice to... It's, it's really nice to see see the, that him in that role. Um, mm. So, yeah, anyway, <sighs> I guess tweet us at Video Shop Pod. Downer episode, long episode, yep. but we got there. Um and yeah, we don't know what we'll do next week. We'll see. <laughs> Tweet us what we should do next week. Yeah, do that. <laughs> All right. See you, nerds. <laughs>